Hello everyone, welcome to Things Suck, episode one of the season two, where hopefully it should be going in a bit of a bit of a more journalistic route. I'm here with Jay from Crywank. Would you like Hello. to introduce yourself? Hi, I'm uh, Jay from the band Crywank, and I think that's all I can really say for myself. <laughs> <laughs> I got a couple questions for you, starting off with some very simple ones that I, just to get people to know a bit more about you. First off, how are you? Uh, I'm okay. Yeah, I've, <laughs> I've had a, a weird, a weird few weeks, but right now I'm doing a lot better than I was before. I mean, judging by, I mean, judging by your announcements with uh, the whole House Fire, the album, it must have been a lot of mixed feelings from uh, going from a House Fire to having one of your most successful albums, am I right to believe? Yeah, well, I, I don't know if it's going to be the most successful yet, but compared to every other album launch we've had, it's probably been the most successful. 50k streams in one day, that's a, that's a crazy feat, to be honest. Uh, it's very good for us, so... <laughs> Um, some other questions for the people that don't know as much about you. Where are you from? Uh, I'm from Barnsley uh, in Yorkshire. Um, and the band formed uh, in Manchester uh, when I was 19. When you're 19, how old are you now? Now I'm 31. So you've been in the band for quite a while, haven't you? <laughs> yeah, I've been doing this 12 years now. What are, well, what are either your favourite songs or song off the new album? Oh Christ! Um, <laughs> it's uh, a, a very different, uh, a, a different relationship with every song on the album. Mm, so like um, a different, I guess, connection with each one. Uh, yeah. So um, there's there's ones that I'm happier with largely because we don't have much that sounds like that before. So Chainmail um, is one of the songs on the album where. There's no guitar on it, and it's all done with synths and piano. Uh, so that was really fun to make. Uh, one of the songs, uh, which is the final song on the album, uh, the Ultra Bono track, oh, yeah. uh, is one that I was very apprehensive making, but I kind of... I, I like that one. Um, yeah, between those two, I guess. Uh, and On My Mind by Kylie V by Crywank. Uh, oh, yeah. One with, again, I wasn't very fond of it whilst making it, um, and then as it developed, uh, I was really happy with the end result, so... Funny enough, it, it, I met, I've noticed that uh, before I think you released the Ultra Bono stuff, uh, I was I was making a section of uh, your tweets just to like explain some of your more obscure ones, uh, and one of them was the two times you posted a Bono clip uh, with just Ultra Bono. <laughs> so I'm guessing yeah, I was just I, teasing I, I tried it. To... What's that, sorry? So I'm guessing you were just teasing it with those tweets, weren't you? Yeah, I, I, I try and, uh, I guess, uh, tweet something that might seem more obscure, and then when the songs come out, they, uh, they give them a bit of context. Yeah. Um, what do you think... This might be a much harder question. If you can't think of it, that's completely fine, but what would you say, if you could pick any of your songs, which one would be your favourite? Or songs, you could pick multiple if you like. Uh, the song I'm proudest of and most happy with is one of the band's more unpopular songs. Mm. Um, it's a song called An Academic's Lament on Barbie. Um, I'm a, a, a really big fan of Barbie dolls. Um, mm. and I guess Barbie is like a character and 
Bobby films and TV shows, and um, I also, uh, you know, acknowledge Bobby as like a kind of problematic figure. Um, and I, I wanted to do uh, a song that was essentially about a um, an academic trying to write their like thesis on Barbie, and realizing how difficult it was to draw any kind of specific conclusions on that. And it was just my way of uh, I don't know. I most of the songs that I write are, are kind of uh, emotional and come from the heart and written quite quickly at points and it was nice to spend a lot of time researching things and finding ways it can rhyme and doing something from a different approach so i, I was really happy with that song so it's almost like i'm sure you've probably seen some of those i guess audio essays on youtube it's a bit like that but in song form i'm uh, guessing yeah i guess so let's see who would you say is or what would you say inspires your music the most um, there's a, a combination of things. I, I have, um, like, different writers, uh, filmmakers, artists who just in, in inspire me in general and, like, kind of direct the things that I, I the direction that I want to take with things. Um, when the band first started, uh, AJJ were a huge influence. Um, a great band. And um, uh, the uh, writer-director Charlie Kaufman I always really admired. Um, the comic book artist Chris Ware, I always really enjoyed. Um, the musician Mirror, I also really enjoyed. Uh, but in, in general, um, the majority of like music that I listen to is stuff that um, is either so far from what I make genre-wise or is uh, so much better than what I can imagine I would ever make that the idea of even trying to approach that seems quite disempowering. Um, and this maybe sounds very bad, but I, I kind of get inspired by art that I think is okay, or I don't like that much, mm. but I see potential in. Like when I hear something and I'm like, oh, well, I, I think I could do better than that. That's <laughs> normally what, um, what inspires me. But that kind of manifested in a way where it made me a lot more comfortable putting out stuff that wasn't necessarily perfect or was flawed in some ways in the hope that, you know, even if it's not going to be someone's favorite song or even if people are like, yo, Crywank sucks at guitar or things like that, maybe they'll get a similar level of inspiration from what I make. Um, so yeah, I, I guess I maybe have like a nasty form of inspiration, <laughs> uh, but it, it fuels what I make in that way. That's a very... That was quite an unexpected answer, to be honest. I didn't think someone could really get inspiration from seeing others not... I guess not doing as good. And I'm obviously thinking you can top that. It does make sense, but it's all like... I guess not the normal thing people would expect, which I guess... <laughs> <laughs> I guess proves your uniqueness. And a more casual question, more... After a couple deep questions... What would you say is your favorite TV show, or if you don't watch TV that much, uh, YouTube channel? Um, my favorite TV show is probably BoJack Horseman. I can uh, guess by the shirt. I'm in a butter <laughs> t-shirt right now, so... Um, yeah, I, I got really, really, really into BoJack Horseman. It's mostly cartoons as well, and stuff that... Mm. I don't know, I was obsessed with when I was a kid. I was really into, like, Dexter's Lab, uh, I Am Weasel, um... And like I love the early Looney Tunes cartoons, um, 
my favorite YouTube channel at the moment is probably Dream Sounds. Hmm. Um, I'm not sure if you've seen Dream Sounds, but it's um, Jake Bellissimo um, doing kind of analysis on Disney and Disney history, but from like very much so a queer perspective. Oh, yeah. Um, and I think their stuff is amazing. Really, really interesting. I'll have to check them out after the interview. Another more casual question. What would you say is the song you've been listening to the most? Uh, like your favourite song at the moment, other than one of your own? Uh, my favourite song of the year, like the past year, is actually one that's referenced on the new album. Um, so there's the, the AJJ song, which is uh, Zombie by the Cranberries by AJJ. So I kind of wanted to like head nod or maybe rip off, depending on how you want to take that. <laughs> but do that with one of my favorite songs of the year, which I think is really underrated and deserves a lot more attention, uh, which is On My Mind by Kylie V. Oh, yeah. um, Kylie V is a singer-songwriter from, I think, Vancouver. Um, when I played Vancouver um, last year, Kylie V supported me and they were really, really good. And we found out they were only 16. And their debut album came out this year uh, when they were 17. It's called Big Blue, I think. Uh, and I just had that song on repeat. Um, it's the kind of thing that like, I would have, I mean, I've already obsessed over it at the age of 31, <laughs> but if, I, if I'd heard that song when I was a teenager, it would have kind of probably defined my teenage year. I think they are mm. such a good songwriter. So anyone at home listening to this should check him out, would you say? Yeah, Kylie V, I highly recommend. And a, a bit, I guess it's a bit of a relation to that question. What would you say is your guilty pleasure song? Like, for, like what's like a, I guess a pretty like bubblegum pop song that you would say? Or something unexpected that you listen to? I mean, I, I don't really feel that guilty about a lot of bubblegum pop and things like that but i i do have a real uh i don't know um addiction to watching specifically bad and misguided music mm. there's the youtube channel uh oh it's an instagram page and a twitter page actually i'm forgetting the name though um but they mostly post bad music all the time and I always find myself going on there and getting addicted to the songs they post um, I, I, I guess the ones that pop into my head um, right now is there's a rapper called Raid or R-A-E-D oh, yeah. and I have his songs on repeat over and over again he is just really peculiar I, I, I guess I'd put it closer to like out, outsider music hmm. um, it's very manic he constantly goes over the bar nothing that he does rhymes the beats are all over the place um and there's also a guy called norman Payne, um who has a song called trapped in my own world um and that's kind of like a, a middle-aged guy uh, in england who is it's a pretty problematic song but it's uh <laughs> It's just him kind of lamenting uh, his wife leaving him and his family dying and he's just drinking in the streets and Very cheery. Uh, shouting a lot. And it, it's kind <laughs> of like, a, I guess, like emo rap to a degree, but done by like an angry middle-aged man. And it's, yeah, really Moorish, really fun. The, and on relation to, I guess you're talking about outside of music, I was reading a lot about like every article about you, everything I could find just to get a lot more information so I could ask more questions. Wikipedia and many other sources describe you as a bit of like 
either punk folk or anti-folk and i was just wondering would you describe yourself with those genres or would you like describe yourself with something else um when it came to starting the band like i I couldn't really play guitar and i got a lot of inspiration from people like uh, daniel johnston wildman larry fisher um and I guess a lot of folk punk music around that time as well. Um, but I, I do think what I made didn't necessarily fit within those genres that much. I, I do understand why people would call my first two albums outside of though, as they were made yeah. with no real ability playing guitar. <laughs> Since I learned guitar, it's, it's been one of those things where I, I just twiddle about on it until I make something I like and I, I'm not really competent enough um, to be like oh I'm, I'm gonna specifically aim for something of this genre um, so I, I guess singer-songwriter because it's the most descriptive one without it kind of falling into like a sound or just like acoustic because it describes the instrument I most use but I, I, I don't really have much affinity with any genre mm. but certainly folk punk, anti-folk, outsider music and a, a lot of acoustic emo was like the, the things that were the initial inspiration for the band. And uh, the one more I guess uh, does be one of the last uh, I guess or like quite random questions uh, Actually, there may be a couple more, never mind, but uh, the one question we aim on asking anyone who comes on this show is, you may know the title of the podcast is Things Suck. What is your biggest pet peeve? Like, what do you just hate uh, that happens the most? Uh, God, my biggest pet peeve. Um, I, I don't, re- I mean, I, I guess a, a lot of stuff uh, <laughs> annoys me. Um, and leaves me a bit miffed, but I, I, I don't have like a, a defining one right now. I'd probably just have to say house fires, they kind of uh, <laughs> mess things up quite a bit. Kind of so, caused yeah. an issue, hasn't it? Yeah, so that's, that's not really my favorite. Um, <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm just gonna go with that in a way that, that I guess it's sort of like you may have heard the butterfly effect. In a way, the house fire spawned a bit of good with obviously this album being written and it being quite highly reviewed, quite, you know, highly listened to. And I'm sure it may have inspired you to sort of like just work more, I guess, and be more inspired to release more in a way. So in a way, would you uh, agree that uh, it's sort of like uh, a a bad uh, ended up uh, having some good come out of it? I mean, it, it, it's one of those things where, like, right now, uh, we are still, uh, me and my partner are still living between places. Yeah. Um, and we get to move in somewhere, um, like, halfway through October. Um, so I'm looking forward to that, and I'm sure I'll feel better about things than that. Yeah. But I, I, I guess the, the album, all the songs in it were written, um, apart from one, if I'm going to be honest, one song was written before. Uh, but it was written um, three days like the day after the fire I had three days where I wrote the album uh, I wrote all the songs it was done very quickly which is why I'm kind of surprised that people are saying like oh it's the best thing they've done in years and I'm like oh fuck I, I put so much more effort into uh, <laughs> into other things but um, I, I, I didn't really expect people to enjoy it that much and to kind of view it as flawed but didn't really care I just um, I kind of consciously wanted to try and make some good out of bad 
because if I mm. didn't, I would just have been like sat around wallowing. So it was kind of like a very conscious decision to give myself some direction and give myself some meaning in like a period of weeks when my foot's been healing from being burnt and I've been on crutches, so moving isn't really the uh, the easiest thing. And it, mm. yeah, it was, it was just a way of trying to create some good. But um, we had a GoFundMe for us and our neighbors, which did really well. The album's done really well. Um, so hopefully we'll be moving into a better situation soon. Fingers crossed. My fingers are crossed for you. And all I could say, I've never seen the tweet where you were deciding what should be the next album cover. I'm so glad it was not the foot. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Very glad it wasn't the foot. I thought it would have been cool. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I, I definitely, with everyone I showed the ideas to, I got uh, largely outvoted. <laughs> A large voting for the house, I guess. <laughs> mm. <laughs> this question... It may be quite a weird question to ask, but um, I mean, I saw you follow him on Twitter today, but Wilbur Suit has covered, the YouTuber has covered quite a lot of your songs, has covered quite a lot of your more older tracks uploaded on YouTube to millions of views, and which I'm sure has broadened and made your fan base a bit wider. What do you think about people like him covering your songs, and what did you think of his covers? <laughs> Um, I mean, I, I like Wilbur Sup. Um, I, I do think um, maybe it's because it has less of an influence from me, more of an influence from um, like uh, Los Campesinos, I mm. think is how you say their name. Uh, but I do, I think Lovejoy is definitely a, a, a better direction. Uh, I like where that's going and everything I've heard, because um, I've spoken to Wilbur a few times before, hmm. and everything I've heard um, has progressively gotten better. Um, and I, I I think it's going to be, you know, that debut album when it eventually comes out, it's probably going to be very good. And I, I, I see him getting a wild amount of momentum. <laughs> I got some like i've seen some tiktok videos and i've had some messages being like oh my god uh, will the soot has ripped you off or things like that um or people being angry that covers that he did got more views than the originals that i did mm. but if, if i'm gonna be real with it like anyone covering me whether they're like a, a famous youtuber or whether they're just like you know a, a kid in their bedroom i'm really humbled for it and for people to be like, oh, this person's ripped you off. I mean, it's kind of impossible not to rip anyone off. Like, mm. everyone is a product of their influences and contemporaries. And to have someone so visible cite me as an influence is really humbling. And on top of that, um, you know, through him kind of being so open with enjoying my music and um, talking about it, it's really broadened um, my audience. and. Uh, a lot more people have found my music from it, so I, I'm incredibly grateful um, and excited to see what he does in the future. I remember I didn't notice, I actually, that, this is what inspired the question, I remember when you retweeted, I think it was my announcement, that was the, the I remember getting a ton of likes and I remember looking at it, so many Wilbur profile pictures, mm. <laughs> and I was like, I, that's quite uh, interesting, <laughs> I was all like there's a bit of a what, I guess an overlapping in the fan base. <laughs> yeah, there definitely is. One question that I, to be honest, I'd be quite excited to ask you about this question. Could you explain, this is definitely my favorite song of the track, but could you explain the song Cool Knife Bro? 
could I explain it? Like the like the lyrics the idea and, behind it. Yeah. Um. Crikey. Um, <laughs> I mean, it, it's one of those things where I don't think there is like a, an, an overarching idea of, of what that song is about. Is kind of a stream of consciousness thing. Um, and as much as it maybe sounds like it's written about a specific person, um, I mean, a lot of it is about me, especially the first verse, but as much as it sounds like it's about a specific person, it's largely just about thinking about friendships or relationships where mm. there's been disagreements, um, or kind of pain looking back, um, where you know you you kind of you're the, the protagonist within your own life and you view things in one way but also if you're a, a very self-critical person uh you can look back and view everything as your own fault and it's kind of like the the space between that where a lot of situations are you know like let's say two people stop being friends there's probably cases where it's you know both people acting in certain ways that somehow encourage that um, but, you know, some days you, you'll maybe view it as like, oh, you know, I was completely in the right and I can't believe this happened to me. And other days it's like, oh, I fucked up. This is entirely my fault. Um, and I guess the, the end of the song tries to conclude. So I, I guess the beginning of the song is about um, uh, me viewing myself in certain ways where I'm like, I'm like this and I want this. I'm not like this. I'm like this and I want this. I'm not like this. And the idea of, um, I guess, the, the knife at the end slicing down the middle is uh, just about how thinking in a, a binary way of like good and evil, right and wrong, um, and allowing that kind of mode of thinking to affect your head can often like manifest in like a form of, I guess, delusion or can like manifest in a form of self-hate. And it, it, it's just like a song of me trying to encourage myself to think in more nuanced ways, I guess. Yeah, that that is, uh, well, even though you said there wasn't really a meaning behind it, that's definitely been a very good explanation. You definitely deserve <laughs> a break from the harder questions. So, um, so I know you're British, especially since you must have spent most of your time in Manchester while forming the band. So since it's a very British topic, what's your go-to meal deal? My go-to meal deal? <laughs> what, like from like uh Like well, Asda yeah, or Tesco or wherever you go yeah, to get I, your meal deals? <laughs> I, I used to always get like a, a Philadelphia sandwich from Boots because Boots was the nearest place and had like a three pound meal deal. Oh yeah. Um, and their vegetarian options were kind of naff. So I'd always get the Philadelphia sandwich, and then to try and get my money's worth, I would uh, get the most expensive drink, which was normally a, a naked smoothie or an innocent mm. smoothie, and then I'd just get the most expensive cake. Um, <laughs> so yeah, it was, it was largely just me being like, well, I want my money's worth, so even if I'd prefer yogurt-covered raisins or something, I'm going to get the more expensive cake, because I want, I want the deal. <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, I never understand how they make profits, because... I know it is very possible to make a meal deal be like twelve pounds originally turned to three pounds. <laughs> mm. Another question: Where, where's that gone now? Oh yeah, it's related to the Wilbur question. Do you mm -hmm. have a specific 
cover of one of your songs that's public that you would call one of your favourites? I'm trying to think what's public. Um, there's one in a Crywank Facebook group, um, which is a, a guy called Mason who did an instrumental cover of Song for a Guilty Sadist on piano. And I, I loved that. Uh, I thought that was really good. Um, a guy called Zach, who also goes by the name Teletexter, did like uh, a remix of Crywanker Poses, uh, which I, I really enjoyed. Um, i trying to think what's even popping into my head. Uh, I mean, I've heard a lot. I'm very lucky to have had like, like I, I actually have like a, like a private playlist of every cover I've found. And I think it has like 900 videos in there by now. Jesus. Um, and yeah, there's there's a lot that I really enjoy. Thinking of them at the top of my head, difficult. I remember enjoying Scruff Puppies. Um, I've, oh yeah, I've heard of them. Lay off every I've, good, aren't they? I, I can't think uh, from the top of my head though. Because a lot of them are, are just by like, you know, YouTube names. And yeah. Just, names of people who they've only uploaded three covers or something so it's uh, it's hard for them to stick in my head speaking of names i'm sure this question is very reoccurring and you've probably guessed what it is but do you ever have any regrets behind naming the band crywank i have a lot of mixed feelings about it um people i mean i i never expected the band to do as well as it did uh, the first album, I kind of my goal is to get 50 downloads on Mediafire, uh, so it, it did significantly better than I thought. Um, it's probably quite obvious. I never expected it to go so far with what I named the band. Um, people do often say that it um, it describes the music quite well, so I guess that's a good thing. Uh, we also, when we started, people used to say you'll never go anywhere with a band name like Crywank over and over again. And the moment that we started getting any kind of like internet momentum, it suddenly became, well, people only listen to them or check them out because they're called Crywank. It's like a, a, a weird double-edged sword. I'm, I'm not very interested in, you know, getting signed to a major label or um, getting radio play or things like that. So it's uh, as much as like, I guess I've missed out on that with the band name. It, it's not something that's left me, you know, feeling like I've missed out on that much mm. um, I, 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 I do know there is a large amount of people who refuse to listen to it because of the name or won't listen to something called that um, but I, I, I guess in a similar way there's a lot of people who did actually check it out because of the name so it, it, it's a double edged thing um, I, I, I think whether or not it's not that I regret calling the band Pry uh, Crywank and it's not like I'm like really proud of calling the band Crywank uh, it's more so that I just have acceptance over the name I remember the first time I ever heard Crywanker I was listening to Headless Horseman on YouTube around 2017-16 time and I saw in the little recommended bar I can't remember which song it was but it was from the same album that Song for Guilty Say This is from. So I clicked on it thinking, basically, haha, funny name. <laughs> and I said, I was actually blown away by how just good the music is. So it's, I guess, in a way, it's more of a positive because people, I have seen a lot of people uh, click on your music or find your music because of your name, how it's such an unexpected, but then obviously realise the music 
basically it always exceeds expectations, doesn't it? <laughs> well, yeah, I guess that lowering people's expectations um, is a good thing. <laughs> and the name definitely does that. It, it maybe makes people a bit more forgiving when they go into it. Um, what people often say, though, to me is that what entices them more than the band name um, is specifically the, the illustration Dan, the drummer of the band, um, did of the dog. Um, oh, yeah. And that's always been like the, uh, to the degree where the dogs kind of superseded us in many ways, where a lot of people know us as, you know, I'll, I'll have conversations with people and they'll, they'll be like, what's your band called? I say, Crywank. And they're like, oh, I've never heard of you. Then they eventually find out that we are the dog album on YouTube. And they're like, oh my God, I do know who you are. You're that dog. Um, <laughs> and I, I do find that a, an interesting thing. Too fair, I do find it a great illustration. I quite like it as a logo, so that, that must have also been a very good decision. Yeah, well, I mean, it was a, a weird one. Um, Dan drew that about uh, three years or two years before we used it for the album cover. And uh, he drew it while listening to my first album, James Is Gonna Die Soon. Oh, yeah. And uh, he kept it in his wallet for about well, three years. Which is why you can see kind of creases on the um, on the lines. Uh, uh, yeah. And uh, the second album, Dan also did the art for Narcissist on the Verge of a Nervous Breakdown. And the, the artwork got really good response. And he was like really kind of frustrated because he felt like he wasn't able to match the Narcissist artwork. And because waiting for Dan to finish the artwork was slowing down the process of releasing it, I just said, well, you've kept that dog image in your wallet for three years. There must have been a reason why, so we'll just use that. <laughs> and then that ended up becoming the most kind of um, ubiquitous image of the band. I mean, it proves a lot. I was trying to think when I designed the little, like, I guess, announcement photo. I was trying to think of what was it, what would be quite the iconic thing that I could use that would fit the style behind it. So I picked the PNG of the dog, so it sort of like proves how sort of, it's almost like a, a logo in a way, of mm. your band, the dog, like how the Rolling Stones have the lips, how the Beatles have the little font of the Beatles, uh, you have the dog. <laughs> yeah, people definitely see it that way. If I was going to say what image was my favourite of the bands though, it would be the uh, egg on face cover of the uh, kind of book creature pooping, but um, oh, yeah. I'm very immature in that way. So. <laughs> I also wanted to ask you, there, I mean, there's a high chance you don't remember, but could you remember either the first gig you performed or your earliest gig you performed, and how did it, how, well, how did it go, sort of thing? I, I, uh, I mean, I, I certainly remember, but it's, there's, there's a few different ones. Hmm. Um, I, I started out doing open mic nights, where you just play three songs, um, and... My friends would come down and watch, but it wasn't really a gig. But that's a, a weird one because the first open mic night I ever did uh, is actually with the musician who ended up becoming the most famous musician I played with. Hmm. Um, and there's a kind of like advert music type guy called JP Cooper. And he used to always I've do... I've heard of him. <laughs> oh, oh, really? Yeah, okay. Um, uh, he used to always do these open mic nights. So I, I actually performed <laughs> with him on my first gig. Uh, my first proper gig was meant to be with AJJ oh, yeah. um, and Kepi Gooley as well. Um, and that was one of the best nights of my life. I had a really good time, but mm -hmm. it ended up, 
I got offered a gig the day before supporting the band Reviver, who I was also a fan of. But uh, as it was my friend's birthday, I, I didn't get to stay to actually uh. watch Reviver perform. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I, I kind of looked out with my first few gigs. I got to play with um, a lot of bands who uh, got a lot more momentum over time, like Bomb the Music Industry and AJJ and Listener and some great names. Then, yeah, as as it went on. Um, you know, I, I guess it's the band getting bigger as well, but we got less um, less support slot offers and um, more like headlines. Well, I, 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 we started booking our own shows, and we don't get offered much tour supports. And the few oh, times yeah. we have, you know, when we've been offered tour supports, we've been like, "Well, is there a chance we can get a percentage or anything like that? Could we get twenty percent?" And they're like, "Nope, fifty euros, fifty pounds." <laughs> and you know, if you're touring all over Europe, um, that normally doesn't even cover your transport. Um, mm. And if you want to pay a driver fairly or things like that, it doesn't really cover that. Um, and they're relying on merch to be sold um, for you to make your money, I guess. And at that point, like we were broke for years. Um, like me and Dan would just couch surf and tour constantly with the band. And as well as that, because we were touring on public transport, we, we didn't have the ability of carrying loads of merch with us. So that kind of cut off even having shows like that. And we'd just do headline shows to, um, you know, get have away. Have decision. Not get away, but get around, yeah. Yeah. Um, so, like, sort of relating to that, what is your opinion on... I know a lot of big musicians, uh, such as yourself, I haven't heard your comment on this, but have commented about pay to play gigs where you pay the venue to play there what is your opinion on this and do you think it's either good or bad for oh the i would always scene? encourage people to never ever ever do a pay to play gig um it, it never benefits um anyone uh, mm. apart from the promoter um <laughs> And it, it kind of just shows an inability of the promoter to know how to promote a show and make money um, and pay people fairly, um, you know. Uh, so they really shouldn't even be doing it. Um, I also think it's quite possible because I used to put on gigs to put on shows and maybe not rely on headlining band and just put on local acts mm. and pay everyone fairly and make money. Um, like make money for the acts. Um, yeah, I, 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 I've definitely seen so much negativity surrounding it, though, that I, I feel like in the long run it's going to be a bit of a, a relic in the way of how shows go. Um, in a similar way where I hope as time goes on, when it comes to support acts, I hope uh, headlining bands start giving... Um, uh, their support acts percentages so it can be based on the size of the crowd rather than it being based on like a standard amount for every night even if um, it's a very popular show that is it I completely agree with that to be honest that idea would definitely keep the scene alive keep local scenes alive and just keep music how it is just music and speaking of tours and gigs would you be planning any tours or gigs for this new album? Uh, what we are planning will not be in support of this new album. This new album kind of came out of nowhere, but 
because what is being planned is gonna be with Dan. Oh, yeah. um, but I, I know Dan will be up for learning some of the songs. I'm quite looking forward to playing songs like Crumpled Big Skin live. I think it'll be a fun song to play live. Um, but our farewell tour, which now I don't even know if it stands as a farewell tour or what. I just dropped an album that wasn't meant to come out. <laughs> um, we toured Canada. Not as many people could come because it was at the beginning of COVID uh, before shit got really real. Uh, we oh, yeah. still had the US to do, we still had Europe to do, we still had uh, the UK to do. Um, so we, we do still plan on fulfilling all of that. We've just kind of taken our time with announcing it because um, we want to be safer with traveling and, um, you know, putting events together where a bunch of people are going to be in the same room. Um, I'm not trying to call anyone out, but I, I do think it is kind of irresponsible at this point in some countries. and. I, I, I'd just rather wait a bit, but hopefully in yeah. 2022, um, it will be, you know, there'll be a lot more people vaccinated and it will be uh, a better time to do that. So 2022 is when we're aiming for and Canada, Europe, USA and UK is the goal. I'll, ho- the, I'll hope that either some of those venues are in either Manchester or Staffordshire because I'll definitely like to come down to one of those shows. It seems like it would be very, very enjoyable. Speaking I mean, of, we'll, we'll try and do as many as we can. Yeah. Speaking of Dan, I was going to ask you, in the intro song, Hi Dan, How Are You, I Miss You, is this a a reference to obviously his departure from the band, or is this a completely separate thing? Oh, it, it's very directly um, about Dan. Yeah. Uh, Dan knows that. I sent Dan the song and was like, do I have permission to release this? Uh, to be honest, I've had to ask Dan for a lot of permission recently. I was like, hey, I know that we're ending the band, but um, I kind of really need to do something right now for my head and something to help us raise cash for, you know, me, my partner and my neighbors. Um, are you fine with me doing this? And he was very kind and he said yes. And then he was very kind again and he drew the flies for the cover. And I was like, I've written this song. Are you comfortable with this? And it's kind of like a... Um, a follow-up song to the Fist Me Till Your Hand Comes Out My Mouth album uh, where it's like a year and a half has passed since that point and I stayed in Canada um, during the pandemic um, just because I didn't want to travel. Dan has diabetes, he pretty much would have had no choice but to go back for his meds. Um, So Dan's been in a whole different continent to me for the past year and a half and so our relationship from touring with each other every day and getting like sick of each other because it's the exact same person you're around every day has gone to is both missing each other a hell of a lot um mm. you know it's been a year and a half since i've seen my best friend um and my musical partner so it's an odd one uh, but it, it would have felt weird doing an album without dan and not at any point acknowledging it so that's why the album starts with that that is that's is completely understandable that you would write a song about that because I'm going to guess it was quite a big part of your life losing your I guess your musical partner for something you've been working on for so many years but I guess all good things come to an end you never know this could be the beginning of maybe just you continuing your way of how you want to do it well we'll we'll see how it goes Um, to be honest at this point and Dan already knows this uh, I, I don't want to write off ever making music again with Dan 
but I also know the pair of us, whether it would be under the name Crywank or something different, we would probably, like, I, I kind of naturally write songs like Crywank, I am Crywank, pretty much, yeah. I, I can't not do that. Um, but I, I know Dan has a, a lot more in him, um, and he's one of my favorite musicians in the world and i think anything that we do in the future i'll still probably be there on like a lyrical level um, oh, yeah. similar to like his presence on the last album fist me um i uh i would want dan to take more of the reins um yeah and luckily less uh, serious questions from here on out leads to the more i guess uh, comedic uh, questions for this section i'll be asking you about some of the tweets uh, some of the more obscure ones so we have this one is uh, i wanted to ask you can you guess what the context behind this congratulations to wanking congratulations to wanking can you guess the context behind that quote did i say that <laughs> yes you did um Oh, uh, I think I did uh, a poll on Twitter um, where people could vote for Cry or Wank. And I think Wank won by like 51% or something like that. That was correct. All to the percentage as well. Mm? All to the percentage as well, 51%. <laughs> oh, I got that right as well. Okay, cool. Can you guess the context behind? Well, fancy that. I've said that a few times before, so <laughs> I don't know what I'd have said that about. You tweeted, well, fancy that to an image of a Google search of the longest fart ever. Oh, okay, <laughs> yeah. I did find that very funny. I did. This isn't less of a guess one. This is just quite funny. The Crywank McDonald's meal is 40 chicken nuggets, no sauce, a no meat Big Mac, and a small cup of tap water. Yep. It's... One I, I got kind of obsessed with the, the images of the no meat Big Mac. I just I thought it was really funny and really overpriced. <laughs> One of the questions I was going to ask is, what is your McDonald's order? I think I can guess from that tweet. That. We'll <laughs> go with that. That's the crywank meal. Another question that my viewers on my Discord have told me to ask you. Are you Gilboss, Gatekeep or Manipulate? Oh god, um... <laughs> I know it's a very serious question, you don't have to answer if you're not comfortable. <laughs> I'm gonna go with Manipulate, because uh, me and me and Guard Petal, uh, who features on this album on the track Cool Knife Bro, we actually have an unreleased project we did together in like 2018. Um, uh, and it went it was under the name Man the Manipulator, which was a reference from the, uh, the song by Suburban Lawns. Um, I think the song's called Janitor. Um, oh, yeah. So I'm, I'm going to have to choose that one. <laughs> Let's see. I know I did have a little thing in my Discord where people could ask you questions if they wanted. I mean, uh, I've asked all the most of the questions. Oh, here's one. How would you survive the zombie apocalypse in a, if you have any choice or you can be anywhere you want? Oh, God. Um... <laughs> I don't know, I'd probably just give in, get zombied. <laughs> just, just, uh, you'll be the one that stands in front of the house, just go, yeah, come, just yeah. come. 
pretty much. <laughs> I don't have that much of a plan of, you know, weapons or anything like that. When when shit gets real, it's either going to be hide or give in. I, I mean, I guess you never know. If we reach a nuclear apocalypse, the crywank dog could become a real thing. Maybe. <laughs> Just an evolved sausage dog. I'm running out of questions now, so maybe ending soon, so I'll try to find some last questions. Another very British question. The, how do you prefer your tea slash coffee if you drink it? Milk, two sugars, but just a dash of milk. So not too much milk. Yeah, but I've been enjoying being in Canada because we don't have a uh, coffee mate in England. And I, I like the French vanilla coffee mate. That's Ooh. really nice. I know in Canada it must be quite weird as well, seeming... They have their milk in bags, don't they? They do. <laughs> That's why I use coffee, mate, instead. <laughs> Let's see. Just gonna do a quick scan. And I think that's it for me. Okie doke. I well, hope you have. The time to talk to me. Thank you for, well, giving the time to join us in this first episode. You can make, oh, you can use this time to make any little announcements you like to make, any promotions, just anything you like to say, you can say now. Um, I'm going to ask people to check out um, God Petal. God Petal is going to be releasing their music very soon. They featured on my album. I also encourage people to check out the musician Commuted. Uh, Commuted is on the third song of the new album as well and is a really good musician. And also check out Kylie V. Um, three really good musicians who I recommend people give their time to. And I would like to say to any viewers at home, make sure to listen to the, the new record from Crywank. Make sure, depending on where you're listening this to, subscribe if it's on YouTube, um, download if it's on Spotify, or maybe consider a donation if, it's, if you're listening on Bandcamp. This would be a buy from me. And I hope, Jay, you have a lovely night. Same or nice the rest of your day, seeming you're in Canada. <laughs> Alright, have a good one. Have a good one. See you guys.